what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. What podcast is this? It's obviously you clicked on it. It's preview review. I didn't click on shit. Not you, them. Oh, okay. As I point to the microphone, them? That they they can't see them it's... inside the mic. All the tiny people that are crouching in the oh, microphone, like waiting to listen. Sure. Well, wait. The... Yes, I yeah. didn't. I couldn't place that reference at first. The tiny people that live on the dandelion. Now I, right? Well, that's from the Grinch, Ryan. Well, they're the same people. They're in the, the snowflake. Well, are they on a dandelion or a snowflake? I think they're on a dandelion. Make up your mind, Theodore. Theodore Geisel. Yep, that's his I name. I feel like they. They're I only use enough. his government name. Is he? Uh, does he go by Sir or Mister or hmm. Master? Just Theodore. Teddy. Just Theodore. I want to call him Ted. No. Oh, okay. You can't. I can't? No. Is he, he doesn't act- like it. Is he an actual doctor? <laughs> I don't think so. He's a fucking liar? Yeah, he's a goddamn scammer. This is what he is. Wow, but who are we? What is this podcast about? Well, I am Tyler Ellison, and you are Ryan Toon. Hey, that sounds right. My co-host of this podcast. What's it called? We already said it. Preview Review. They I clicked wanna, on it, remember? I want to make sure they know. That's why we started off this whole bit with oh right about i got lost in the geisel of it all. <laughs> lost in the sauce lost, lost in the seuss lost in the seuss wow uh yeah this is a preview review the movie trailer podcast where ryan and i try and keep you updated on trailers for upcoming movies that we're excited about or at least intrigued by i suppose I'm excited I'd, I'd see all of the movies we're talking about today well our bar is much lower like we we go see lots of stuff <laughs> Hmm, that's true. I did see... I wouldn't say I'm excited. Like, I would be okay if some of the films that we're talking about today didn't exist. But, like, I'll go see them. Well, I mean, like... You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like, yes, this is something I need in my life. Well, like, if you could say that about, like, almost any movie. Like, if if I didn't know these four movies, like, existed... Okay, okay. We're, right? We're, we're right? kind of losing the plot here. Um, I'm just trying to say I'm excited for all four of these movies. Okay, I think they yes. all look like... But on the whole, as the wrong. podcast, we don't always talk about movies that we want to see or are, like, interested or excited for. Mm-hmm. We just talk about movies that we think have, like, intriguing premises or, like, we're, in, we're invested in the trailer, either as, like, a meme or, like, because the movie looks good. I've never seen The Angry Birds 2, but we did preview review it. Did we? Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember <laughs> doing that one. That's a blank spot in I think my it's, memory. like, episode three or four. Early days. It's okay. Yeah. What episode makes are we on now? Like this will be like sixty something. Sixty? Oh, That's a low ball. We're fucking in the sixties. I think our last one was just like sixty. I think this is sixty-five. Wait, that can't be right. I'm like almost positive. When did we Look pass fifty? Decades ago. Oh, maybe it's forties. Yeah, we're we're last... forty-six. Forty-six. This will be forty-six, not sixty-four. This says forty-six was the last. Okay, one. so we're at forty-seven. Hey. This one, and then two more, and we're in the 50s. Hey. It's a big accomplishment for a podcast that's been on for like three years. I know. You thought we were in the 60s. Get your head out of the clouds, dream man. Uh, well, okay, you said you lowballed it still in the 30s. We're 16 past that. That's true. I just, uh, I guess that shows the difference between you and I. You're the glass half full guy. I'm yes. the glass half <laughs> empty guy. I'm the overestimator. You're the underestimator. Anyway, Tyler, what trailers did you want to talk about today? Well, today, Ryan, I thought we would talk about upcoming films, The Northman, mm. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Ambulance, Ooh. and of course, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah, baby! We're, I, yeah, I think you're right. I'm excited for almost all of these films, hmm. if not all of them. But before we jump into that, we've uh, 
Hope you tuned in, listeners, to our last episode, which was our previewee special. We gave out our awards for mm-hmm. our, our favorite uh, performances and films of the last year, 2021. Um, but we did not have this segment on the last episode because we were trying to just get to the business of the awards. Yeah, we had an accountant so here. So we you do have to, have to, to revisit and uh, once again have the return of our recurring segment, which is, of course, where Ryan tells us movies that we previously previewed that he's seen, what he thinks about them. It's time for Ryan's Review Roundup. Ooh, baby, do I love that theme song. Ryan, go on and tell us. What'd you see and what'd you think? Well, uh, first I saw The Batman, Matt Reeves' latest piece of cinema. I think it's a great movie. I really enjoyed their interpretation of Gotham and Batman. I think the Riddler is the most menacing I've ever seen this character before. Paul Dano does a great job. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman steals the scene whenever she's in it. Um, I think my biggest criticism is that it feels long. It's three hours, and I feel like you could cut 20 minutes somewhere. Um, But other than that, if you're a big Batman fan, you've already seen this movie. And if you're on the fence, like, just go see it. I mean, if you have three hours to kill, like, who doesn't have three hours just lying around, right? Just go watch the Batman. Yeah, it's so easy. I I genuinely think it's, it's like, almost, I love it. It's probably my favorite movie. It is on the top of my list, favorite movie I've seen so far this year. Definitely. I think that one of the reasons I like it so much is because it's, like, the Batman movie I've seen that feels the least like a Batman movie. Like, it's more like a detective thriller yeah, than it is like a Batman movie. Vibe. But then, like, also, the detective is Batman. Like, mm-hmm. it's very cool. It's got a lot of... Uh, the supporting cast is outstanding. You mentioned already Paul Dano and Zoe Kravitz. Robert Pattinson's fantastic in the lead, but there's also, I mean, Jeffrey Wright and Commissioner Gordon is great. Ooh, he is- Colin Farrell's turn as the Penguin is transformative and outstanding. I mean, I don't know if it necessarily needed to be Colin Farrell with all the prosthetics they put on him, but his performance is fucking great, so I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely give the Batman a chance. I think if you... Are the type of person, I mean, obviously, if your ideal of a Batman is, like, the Adam West series or, like, the goofy Tim Burton shit, like, you might not love this one as much because it doesn't live up to that kind of, like, camp that the Batman has, or Batman has brought to the screen in the past. But if you're somebody that tends to like a darker uh, thriller, even if you don't even like superhero movies as much, I would say this is more for you than it is for, like, a big superhero fan that maybe doesn't like the darker stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. it's more for the thriller and the mystery fan than it is for, like, just plain old comic book fans. Yeah, but, I mean, it even is, like, more for comic book fans than you might think, just because, like, this is who Batman is in a lot of his comics, and, like, this is the first time we've seen him adapted as, like, the detective character. Yeah, I I mean, certainly Batman has detective roots in the comics. I'm not trying to discount that. I just think, like, the screen adaptations have gone all over the board in terms of, like, its tone and style, and so Mm -hmm. if you like some of the lighter, more, like, quirky stuff... This is maybe not your cup of tea, but if you saw that and was like, oh, this is bad that I'm not going to like a Batman movie, give this one a chance because it's very different than that and it's a very effective movie. And something crazy that like I found like was really cool about the movie is that Batman like has a character arc. Like, does Batman have a character arc in other movies? Maybe no, he's like, just Batman. The Nolan the movies time. a little bit, like in The Dark Knight Rises. And maybe like across all three, but yeah. not like doesn't go through as much transformation and like discovery, self-discovery in one film as he does in this one Definitely. for sure uh-huh well uh quick tangent before i move on to the next one did you know dc films or dc comics 
the DC stands for Detective Comics. It does, yeah. And that's where Batman got his roots, as a detective in the Detective Comics. Yeah. So if you want to be a, your own kind of detective, pull your magnifying glass out, and the Riddler mm. goes, Hmm, a rival of my own, I see. Batman extra lot crossover one. Make it happen. <laughs> uh, Which one do we want? Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock or uh, Will Ferrell Sherlock? You just skip Robert Cumberbatch? Batman. Yeah, fuck that guy. That's TV. We're talking movies here. Okay. And your go-to is Will Ferrell. <laughs> I don't think it was as bad as people said it was. No, it definitely isn't. But I don't think he's like the uh, iconic b- no, Sherlock Holmes. No, but it was the, like, the most recent one I thought of. I think he is the most recent one. Or I guess you could pull Henry Cavill from like Enola. Enola! I liked Enola Holmes. Oh, but we're not talking about that streaming movie. We're talking about a different streaming movie here on uh, Ryan's Review Roundup. I just watched Turning Red, literally, uh, like, less than two hours ago. Tyler and I watched this movie in his humble abode, and I thought it was a very fun, very, like, relatable family film about, like, a girl growing up. I really enjoyed it. The animation was stunning. The voice acting was great. I think the messaging of the movie is something like almost anyone who's ever been a teenager can relate to of like the growing pains of like discovering who you are and like how what you do and say can affect like your parents and your friends and things like uh, finding a balance between like how do I like honor and respect my parents but also become who I am and live out loud with my friends that I love but maybe my parents don't approve of as much. And kind of blending those two worlds to find, like, a good balance. Like, to figure out who you are as a person. And I think it's getting way more hate than it deserves just because it's about a young Asian-Canadian woman. Yeah, I have to agree. I thought the film was great. And I think it's very universally relatable. And any critics that might dare say that the context is, like, too specific for us to relate to. Even though we've, like, taken away life lessons from movies about, like, talking fish and rats. Um, it was just due to racism and misogyny. I'm just going to say it. And I think Turning Red was a fantastic, like, blend of enough, like, fantasy elements with the, obviously, like, turning into a red panda to be, like, relatable and fun for kids, but also enough theme that, like, this could be a great conversation for kids that are, like, maybe this film isn't for six-year-olds, but it could be great for the 10 and 11-year-olds that are on the cusp of puberty that are about to need to, like, have resources to have these conversations about, like, their own self-discovery and their own self-interests with their parents as they start to, like, have a more fully formed personality and like self-autonomy than younger kids do. And I think that's what Pixar is great at is making films that are accessible at multiple like different levels. Like you can watch this as a young kid or a teenager or an adult and like get enough out of it to have an enjoyable experience. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think anybody saying like this movie's too like explicit for my child, like they talk about periods and bring out pads, like, Honestly, like, if your kid's too young to learn about periods, like, you don't, like, they're not going to understand those references in the film. And if you go, like, if they ask, like, what's that all about? You could just be like, we'll tell you when you're older and they'll move on and it'll be fine. But if they're old enough to where they understand that, and then maybe it's a conversation starter for you and your child. Like, hey, you're growing up as a woman too. Like, if you ever need this kind of support, we're here for you. Yeah, 100%. And ultimately, like, just because periods happen in, like, the vagina doesn't make it a sexual thing. Ha- seeing somebody reference a period 
on a movie is not going to make your eight-year-old be like, I want to have sex now. That's just total bullshit. And it's like completely illogical. So I, we're harping on criticism that maybe some of you listeners haven't even seen it. If you're not like watching at some of the, watching some of the responses. And I don't think it's like an overwhelming response. The film has great reviews on the whole, but there's definitely like an outspoken minority that are like trying to tear down this movie. Online. They're very vocal. And it like kind of sucks because I think Pixar did a great job with what this film is and the purpose that it serves. I totally agree. If you haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus right now. It is shorter than the Batman and it's very accessible. I think it's, I would say it's 100% worth the watch. Like I would not miss this one. I think it's definitely worth going out of your way to spend that hour and 50 to watch this. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, if you're listening to our podcast right now and you haven't heard Watch Turning Red, uh, you're already on a phone or some kind of device that can access the internet. Finish listening to our episode first, obviously. And then, if you still have enough battery on that device, uh, go to Disney+, and they'll probably still have the banner for Turning Red, because it's that new still. Unless you're listening to this, like, months down the line. In which case, thanks for backtracking and catching up on episodes of our podcast. They just really want to know what we have to say about Ambulance, Tyler. That's what they saw. They saw it in the description. They're like, I need to know. Ooh, Yahya Abdul. Who knows? In the future, maybe Ambulance is like a breakthrough crime thriller that, like, you know... Everybody wants to talk about, so... I mean, I want to talk about it, but not before we talk about The Northmen. This is our first movie of the day, directed by Robert Eggers, who has previously done The Witch and The Lighthouse. It comes out on April 22nd, and it stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, and Willem Dafoe. Uh, This movie looks spectacular. Uh, Basically, the plot of what we get in the trailer is when Alex Skarsgård is a little boy played by a different actor. He's going out with his dad, who's like the king of this northern European like Viking, area. Viking, like Slavic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like in the past. So it, like in Viking times, right? Nordic. But then all of a sudden this like rival king's country comes in and kills his dad and like kidnaps his mother and he has to run away on a boat and like to seek asylum. And he grows up like seeking vengeance and uh like his goal in life is to save his mother avenge his father and kill the i don't remember his name the bad guy the yeah he's got this very like Arya stark he's got a mantra like vibe where like you know like in grave of thrones Arya would like repeat these names of people that she wants to kill that have wronged her or her family alexander skarsgård's got a similar vibe going on here where he's like i will like avenge you father i will rescue you mother and kill the per- like kill Fyodor you, or whatever your... is the guy that the Fyodor. No, no. <laughs> but anyway, it sounds like that. Um, and along the way, he is friends with Anya Taylor-Joy, who might have some kind of connections to Bjork, who's also in this film, who's like a Viking goddess, maybe? Um, and Willem Dafoe is there making his creepy face, like, hey, hey, hey. But he, I think he's on the good side, too. And that's what I'm getting from this trailer. Who knows? Um, but honestly, the first time I saw this trailer in the theater, uh, I could instantly tell that it was a robert eggers film it just looked like it was a scene you can tell from the, the cast witch. well like even before <laughs> the cast like the first shot like like it just looked like the way he sets up a shot yeah like he's only done two movies before and i love them both mm-hmm. i like rewatched the lighthouse recently and i was like damn this movie still holds up it's still really good um and i watched the witch a couple months ago and i really like the witch so i'm interested in seeing what he does next with the Northman, mm-hmm. I'm also kind of curious. This is his first non A24 film. It's also like less, and I mean, 
Lighthouse is maybe not so much, but Northman feels like the least horror-ish of all his movies. Like, which was pretty much a straightforward horror movie. The Lighthouse is like kind of a horror drama. Descent to madness. Yeah, type of thing. More like Shining-y. Um, but this is kind of more of like a epic fantasy, mm-hmm. like still like Dark Tale of Vengeance, but not like, it's you're not in it for the thrills and chills. You're in it yeah. for like the like conquering of this like huge quest or whatever type of thing and i feel like it might be more straightforward than either of those last two films just because it is this one's being put out by focus features which is like the same parent company as universal studios so it's like they are not going to take as big of a risk on these type of movies right but focus features is like they're more like art housey label so it might it's the stuff that puts out all like pta and like all that stuff like they do like phantom thread and Mm -hmm. Uh, it does like they release some of the Wes Anderson stuff under Focus Features, yeah. so it's like that kind of, like still art housey, but still like marketable to a broader audience than like the Lighthouse was. Exactly. I know so many people that went to go see the Lighthouse that were just like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And I think the Northman's a little bit more straightforward, just in terms of like having a narrative that can be like illustrated in a trailer, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it looks like superbly shot, and everything looks stunning. It definitely looks like his most like ambitious film in terms of the scale, like, the scope, like right. I I find myself watching this trailer being like, "How the fuck do they shoot this? Like these mm-hmm. scenes at like huge tempest storms at sea with Viking boats? I'm like, where do they film this? Like how does how do you pull yeah. this off? It's it's an incredible scale and definitely a feat of filmmaking. And I know with like the talent that. Robert Eggers has behind the camera and then the talent of this awesome ensemble cast he's put together. We're definitely in for a treat with this film. I'm like super, super excited to see this one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think it looks good all around. I love the cast. There's not a member in the cast that I would say is like a bad actor. You know, Nicole Kidman is Oscar nominated for her role in the AMC pre-roll ad. Oh yes. Yeah. That's you know. the good performance that she yeah. did last year. We don't talk about Lucy. We don't. No. But we do no, talk about. No. no. <laughs> but we do talk about where, uh, you know, sound I can feel. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Yes. Um, let me ask you a question. So some people have said like, oh, Anya Taylor-Joy looks like she might be having some like witchy power connections. Yeah. And there's I been speculation online of like, oh, does this like tie in to the, the witch? witch? And like, does it like have connections? Like. Are we getting the Eggers verse? How do you feel about that concept? Hmm. Um, I could see that it actually plays out. Like, I could see that happening. Um, but, like, because of how Anya Taylor-Joy's character ends up in The Witch, like, what happens at the end of that movie, um, like, it's possible that this is the same character, but this character looks more, like, friendly than the Witch character. Um, so I don't think that that's a true theory. Like, I don't think it's going to be real, but I would be intrigued if it did happen. But I think I would be happier if it didn't. What yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting concept as more of like a fan theory or like a headcanon type mm-hmm. of thing. First of all, I don't think the like timeline lines up. This is very clearly like Nordic Viking well, type of era, it, right? It could line up like if and you're saying... And then we've got like... So this is probably like at least like 14 or 1500s. And then, and then like colonial America is the witch, right? That's like, like the 1700s, 1700s, 1600s maybe. And then Lighthouse has got to be like 1800s. early 20th... Or early, yeah, 20th or 19th century. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the timing lines up. These are like 100 years apart between all three of his films. I don't know if it's like 
I would want something to connect like at that large of a scale. Like mm-hmm. I don't want Robert Eggers doing like the MCU. Like I no. would rather have him just have like independent installations. But I think it's cool that he's reusing actors like Willem Dafoe, Anya Taylor Joy. Like I think that's super great. I I love when directors work really well mm-hmm. with a specific cast. Like when like Sean Levy and Ryan and, Reynolds. You know, oh sure that guy, um, who just got pulled on to do Deadpool three because Ryan and him are like fucking period that's it they're just fucking (laughs) (laughs) no that's what i meant to say okay like why is this guy all of a sudden all over ryan reynolds doing free guy and adam project like did they fall in love or something i mean yeah i I think ryan reynolds we're not shaming it he's married but hey who's oh yeah blake lively maybe they have a throuple anyways northman looks incredible super excited for this new installation from robert eggers and i I will be in theaters as close to April 22nd as I can because I'm really excited to see this film. It looks mm. incredible. Lots of, looks like a lot of like a feast for visual storytelling with like, I think it's Bjork doing like a whole Norse like, She's like a Valkyrie, Valkyrie yeah. thing. And this like subsequent shots of a volcano erupting and then like freezing over. I don't know. It looks super dope. Like I said, between what Robert Eggers brings behind the scenes and the talent of the cast on screen, it's mm-hmm. going to be a treat. I'm, I'm also stoked. like excited that this might be his most accessible film because I tried to show my mom The Lighthouse and I don't think she got it. Yeah, I think it, it's great when you're able to like, have a director that can bring a unique style to something that's a little bit more marketable. Because uh, The Witch, it's accessible to like horror fans, but if somebody's like, I'm not really like a supernatural horror fan, I'm not going to be like, just trust me, you'll like The Witch because you probably you won't. You probably won't if you already know you don't and like And The Lighthouse is like... Horror you know black and white art house like shot with a funky like ratio like that's for like cinema heads you know it's like there's a lot of stuff going on in that movie but like it's not surface level you have to like look deeply into it like yeah so i'm stoked that this does feel like something that's like gonna be able to bring a larger audience in and see like the talent that robert eggers really brings to filming because this is his third movie we're referencing those other two because those are the only other two movies he's made like it's not even like one of those guys that has like smaller stuff that you'll like dig into like the witch was his directorial debut and i've loved both movies he's done so far i don't think this one's gonna be any different i agree let's talk about somebody that has a different kind of career than that um Mm. somebody long history in hollywood and has some performances that are fantastic and some that are maybe not so much oh i know who you're talking about Ready? Let's see the name on three. Okay. One, two, three. Nicholas Cage. Oh. Oh, Same, same. (laughs) What do they have in common? They're both starring in The Unbearable unbearable Weight of of Massive Talent. talent. (laughs) We We got that one together. We did it. We had to redeem ourselves from Uh, last time. Uh, Speaking of directorial debuts, this is from Tom Gormican, uh, who, this is the very first movie they've ever directed, and even, like, he's only been a writer on like two different TV shows that both like didn't do that well. So mm. I don't know how he's getting this movie made or why he's being been like tapped as a director for this, but did he write the movie? He's at know? the helm. Uh, he co-wrote it with another person that seems to have like a longer resume of like production and writing. So I truly, when I saw that, I'm like, it's such a mystery as to like how this movie is like getting made with this guy at the helm. But Based on the trailer, I'm stoked for it. This movie comes out on April 22nd as well. It stars Nicolas Cage alongside Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish, Ike Barinholtz, and we mentioned Neil Patrick Harris. Mm. Um, and this is that wacky trailer you might have seen where Nicolas Cage is playing like a fictionalized version of himself. 
It looks so crazy and hilarious and weird, and I'm kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. So basically, it looks like the plot of this movie is Pedro Pascal is a Nick Cage super fan, and Nick Cage is down. And he's on very his... like a very wealthy European yes. man. And Nick Cage is down on his luck. No one's hiring from him for roles. He's like getting kicked out of his hotels because he doesn't have enough money to pay for the rooms. And I think Neil Patrick Harris kind of plays like his agent, and he's like, "Hey, come on, like." This guy's it's, throwing a party. He's and he offering wants... you a million bucks to just come and like go to his birthday party. And Nick Cage is like, fine, I'll take it because mm-hmm. no one else is like casting me in shit right now. Mm-hmm. But the big twist is that he's actually like a giant like international criminal. And Pedro Pascal, not yes, Nicholas Cage. Pedro Pascal. And Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz work for Central Intelligence and they want him to go undercover to help them take him down. They're like Pedro yeah, Pascal down. They're like doing surveillance on Pedro Pascal and they're like, oh my God, is he hanging out with Nicolas Cage? And they try to use Nick Cage as like an insider to mm-hmm. take him down. Which, okay, I'm going to be honest here. The first trailer I saw for this didn't acknowledge that plot line. Um, it was just like Nicolas Cage being wacky and like hanging out with this rich dude and they were like bonding. And I was really sold on that movie. Then this new trailer dropped that illustrates a little bit more of this plot where it's like we're watching this guy we want you to help us take him down and he's like Nicolas Cage doing like secret agent stuff and trying like feeling bad for betraying this person he's become friends with but also like doing it because that's what his government's asking him to do when I saw that trailer I was a little disappointed and I was a little bit disheartened that the movie is stooping to this because I feel like that's such a common like oh generic like action comedy it's like person in an unlikely situation doing like surveillance and like the unlikely hero story of like we're trusting you to do this mission even though we shouldn't because we want you to help us pull this off and it's just nick cage doing that the only twist is that he's like playing a version of himself i was way more into like just a fun movie about nick cage being himself and bonding with this rich dude and like more of like the journey of like self-discovery and like maybe he goes from feeling down on his luck about himself to seeing like no like people love me for who i am and i'm not like afraid of that so i don't know i feel like the movie that i hyped it up to be from the initial trailer is like better than what we're gonna get Hmm. but i am still very intrigued because i'm like it still has a potential from that like core uh premise you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's i don't know i still enjoy i still enjoyed the second trailer and then we recently watched the Red Band trailer, which I didn't even know existed, and I think that even elevated that second trailer totally. for me. And I think the type of humor and like what Nick Cage is bringing to this and the relationship that it seems like he and Pedro Pascal have on screen, I think that's all great. Everything that's new and fresh that this movie brings seems super awesome, but it's hard for me to also get past like the overall conceit feels very like, especially lately, like all the like... Kevin Hart, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like, unlikely hero government spy movies. All the, like, Dave Bautista well, did it in fucking I Spy. Melissa McCarthy in Spy. Like, Didn't Rebel Wilson just do it, too? Yeah, like, the hustle? It, it feels so overdone as of late that I'm like, okay, like, if this movie, if it was just this with Nick Cage in a role doing this, and he wasn't playing himself, and he was just a different character, this would feel like total garbage. But the only interesting premise here is, like, where he's playing himself and it has that weird sort of like meta-ness to it you know well i also think the cast brings a lot of great things to you like pedro pascal like just as like a lovable guy who wants to befriend nick cage because he's a nick cage super fan who has like wax sculptures of nick cage in his house like he seems like a uh lovable character that i want to learn more about totally and then like be tragically betrayed when i find out he's actually like 
uh, human trafficker or whatever yeah, I it have, is. Like, I mean, I definitely... I'm not trying to, like, shit on this movie. I don't, like... I'm still very excited to see it, and I still think the, like, overall I have a lot of hope for it. But I just have to say, like, that's the difference between, like, we are a trailer discussion podcast. Between trailer one and trailer two, when I thought I was getting promised with that first trailer and, like, what I kind of imagined that it could be, I was a little bit let down when that more, like, plot-heavy trailer dropped, and I was like, oh, that's, like, the story concept that you're going with it doesn't feel bad it just feels maybe a little bit tired and unoriginal interesting is all i'll say i just remember the first time i saw the second trailer i actually was kind of like oh i'm glad they're actually showing me what the plot of this movie is because the first trailer just kind of says it's a movie where nick cage plays nick cage right and I, I get that too but i also i think i was extrapolating off of that more and being like oh like this could be a really fun like introspective journey of self-discovery for nick cage and now it's like oh Okay, spy thriller, action comedy. Yeah, I, I've i seen that before, mm-hmm. you know. But, I, like I said, I still have a lot of hope for it. I'm not trying to put it down in any way. Tom Gormican, whoever you are, let's see what you got. Um, I think it could be really cool. Uh, so, I'm, I hope it plays out well. And I still laugh at, like, so many of the fucking jokes in this yeah. trailer. It's hilarious. Like, okay, the face... wait, wait, before you do that, I have to ask our famous question. That's true. For all comedies we do... What was your favorite joke of the trailer, Tyler? I think I still, like, the thing that hits me every time as, like, being utterly hilarious is the first time he sees the wax sculpture and the the comedic timing of Nick Cage delivering, it's grotesque. It's just so good. It's so good. The delivery on the line is so good. I also really like a joke from a trailer. It was cut in the second trailer just dropped, but from the first trailer, there's, like, this whole, like, tension-building scene where, like, Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage are bonding and they have to climb over this wall and they think that it's, like... I think it's, like, mimicking a scene from a Nick Cage movie. And then, like, Nick Cage drops down the other side of the wall. And then Pedro Pascal's like, oh, I could have just walked around it, like, ten feet. And we could have made it instead of climbing over this giant wall. Yeah. I think those are both great picks. Uh, I think my favorite joke in these trailers is actually one that's not about, like, that's not performed by Pedro or Nick Cage. It's uh, between Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz. I'm 40 years old. Why would I see Crude's too? Exactly. So <laughs> Tiffany Haddish asks Ike Barinholtz, oh, is that Nick Cage? He's great. Have you seen Crude's too? And Ike Barinholtz goes, no, I'm a 40-year-old man. Why the fuck would I see Crude's too? I've seen Face Off and Connor, like the manly men movies you should see, not like the kitty Crude's too. Yeah. I well, think also, so fun. it doesn't even make, like, <laughs> I'm on Ike Barinholtz' side here. If I'm talking about, like, iconic Nick Cage performances, I'm not going to choose, like, an ensemble two? voice role. Like, how good can he really be as a voice actor to note, like, have a notable performance in Crudes 2? Like, obviously, my personal pick for iconic Nick Cage performance is obviously National Treasure, because that's, like, interesting. key to my, like, also, Gen Z millennial border heart. Like, I grew up with that movie, and it's just so iconic. Okay, but also, like, if you're going to choose a Nick Cage voice role, why aren't you choosing the one from Spider-Verse, right? Oh, yeah, I guess that one would definitely be. And it feels more, like, Nick Cagey. Right? I don't know. I also haven't seen Crude's 2, so I guess I, I can't say. I also feel it. like the joke is funnier because it's Crude's Oh, 100%. Too. So, it makes a joke funny. Yes. I'm just saying, in terms of the real-life conversation, I'm definitely on Ike Barinholtz's side. Well, speaking of all the iconic roles Nick Cage has had... Mm-hmm. Um, Who could forget the Wicker Man? Exactly. But you know what? Something you could forget is... The names of the characters he's played. Oh, because 100%. when you watch the movie, you're just... It's just Nick Cage. It's just Nick Cage. Like, even if it's, like, a great performance, you go, wow, Nick Cage was really good in that. You don't go, hmm, I really loved the character journey of, insert Nicolas Cage character I feel like here. it truly takes, like, a very 
purposeful performance and also like they have to mention it a lot what the person's name is in the movie for me to like retain that otherwise i'm just like oh yeah like whoever so-and-so played in that movie that character is cool or whatever exactly well um now knowing that you know nothing about Nicolas cage's character roles or the names at least i thought it would be fun to play a game where i give you the name of a character that Nicolas cage has played and then you will tell me the name of the movie that okay that character all right all right all right right. and uh what are you thinking you think if i give you a multiple choice you might be able to make it um i think so i think there's only maybe one or two of these that i could do just from hearing the name but maybe with multiple choice i could get a few others narrow it down a little bit all right okay um so let's go ahead and start off with a classic this character is ronnie camareri I'm definitely going to need multiple, multiple choice, choice time. Yeah, okay, go. okay, here we go. Is it from Raising Arizona, Moonstruck, Vampire's Kiss, or Honeymoon in Vegas? I feel like Ron is like. I feel like I want to like picture and like hear in my head share saying the name Ronnie. So I feel like I want to go with Moonstruck. You're 100% correct. Yeah! Have you seen Moonstruck? I've only like half watched it and like seen clips of it like i just like snap out of it and like that kind of stuff but like i haven't sat and like paid attention to the whole movie front to back Ooh, before. it's great i know i think your mom really loves that my movie. mom loves that movie yeah i think for like her last birthday or something i bought her the criteria the criterion collection blu-ray version of it and she was so excited um he has a wooden hand in that movie nick cage that's right he does yeah. all right you ready for the next nick cage iconic performance role character thing whatever Let's we decided we're doing all right this one is caster troy do you need multiple oh, choice or do you just yeah know? i need multiple choice for sure okay okay is it con air the rock face off or adaptation the first three you named the rock face off con air i can picture nicholas cage in each of those movies and yet, you could give me any name, and I would not know which character he's playing in any of those three. But I feel like it's one of those. I'm just going to throw a mental dart and just pick The Rock. Sorry, Tyler, that's incorrect. Caster Troy is obviously the name of the character he plays in Face Off. Oh, Face Off. Okay. All right. Uh, at least I narrowed it down. I, I eliminated adaptation, for sure. It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay. Um, here is our next character. It's... Johnny Blaze. Oh, that is 100% Ghost Rider. You are correct. You don't Hell even yeah. need the multiple choice. Is that worth two points? Um, Sure, because there are two Ghost Rider movies, but it's only worth two if you can tell me what the second Ghost Rider's titled. Devil's Seal. Mm, so close. It's Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Oh. All right. You want to try for another one? Let's see. I think I like mine better. Let's try for a different character, okay? Um, how about this character? His name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Oh, National Treasure, baby. Let's go. Cool. This one can also be worth two And points. number two is called Book of Secrets. You got it. You got the double points. Double prizes. All right. Um, like I said, it's my favorite. It probably is one of my favorite franchises when I was a kid. I love those fucking movies. John Voight and whoever that scrawny white sidekick character is that has incredible comedic delivery when he says a preservatory is a place for delicious jams and jellies. I think about that delivery <laughs> almost every day of my life. It's like an iconic comedic line from a core memory. 
Well, I'm glad that uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates is a character you keep with you at all times. Oh, 100%. Yes. That little document holder strapped on his back. A torch in the other hand. Mm. Incredible. Perfect. Chef's kiss. Let's see. Um, but is this a character you take with you wherever you go? This character is only known as Balthazar. I'm going to need multiple choice, but I feel like I might be able to get it with the multiple choice. Okay, okay. Let's see if we can do it. Okay. So, is this the Wicker Man? No, he has a full name in that. It's not a one name. G-Force. Is that the Gerbil movie? Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I guess he could be a pet name. One name. Okay, that's a that's a possibility. Season of the Witch. Oh, that could also be. Or no, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, it's got to be Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's the name of the fucking warlock he plays for sure. You are correct. I thought oh, I could yeah. throw you off with Season of the Witch. I And honestly, I was considering G-Force. I'm not going to lie. But I was like... You know, they could, I was like, is it like a serious, like, this is a mystical fantasy name type of vibe? Or is it like, it's funny because we named this gerbil Balthazar. You know what I mean? <laughs> it could be either one. It's true. Um, his character's name in G-Force is Spreckles. I'm just going to give yeah. you that one. Yeah. All right. Checks out. That's a gerbil name for sure. Okay. And then the last one for the night we have is Robin Rob Feld. So it's like his name is Robin, but people call him Rob. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this from Between Worlds, Left Behind, uh, Willy's Wonderland, or Pig? Hmm. I, his character doesn't have a name in Willy's Wonderland, I don't think. Um, he doesn't even have any dialogue in that movie. Um, I guess it could be Pig. I haven't seen that one yet, but meaning to watch it. It does feel like a chef. He's like a plays a chef in that, and it feels like a thing to like be called Robin, but go by. Robin. I'm gonna go with Pig. You're correct. Hey, there we go. Yay! And you are right about Willy's Wonderland. His character is it's never like given a name or whatever. Or the... In the credits, he's credited as the janitor. The janitor. That's right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you did better than that than I think you thought you would. I absolutely did. Multiple choice helped a lot. Which mm-hmm. ones did I miss? Just the uh, face off one. Face off and. Yeah, I think that was it. I mean, well, wait. it helped to pick, like, yeah. balsas, like, stuff I was able to get from context clues. Mm-hmm. If you gave me, like I said, the names from, like, Con Air, Face yeah. Off, like, that whole Let's see. vibe, I would have just, like, slotted them each to the wrong movie. There's no way I would have gotten any of them right. All right, let's see if you can do it. Bonus round, real quick. You've already won. Okay, those three movies. Well, you already gave me Face Off. Yes. So, between Con Air and The Rock. Which one's which, okay? Okay. Uh, Cameron Poe and Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah, literally no fucking idea. Which one's which? Good speed, the rock. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, that was a coin toss, really. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, I had no idea. And I avoided giving you his role as uh, Charlie Kaufman because I figured you could for adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Uh, but yeah, thank you for giving me the national treasure throwaway. I well, yeah. really appreciate that. I mean, do you know? Uh, oh, let's see if can you tell me what his character is named in the Crudes too. Spreckles? No, no. Nah, nah. Just make any noise. <laughs> That's actually very close. It's Grug. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't know before, you just went. <laughs> you were so close. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. There we are. You know what else is pretty crazy, Tyler? What? Driving a stolen ambulance full of money and a dying police officer. That's so crazy. Where would you get an idea like that? Well, 
Uh, this one time, me and my brother, played by Yahya Abdul Mateen II, decided to rob a bank. Um, yeah, it's crazy. They made a movie about us. It's like, what is it? That bit from like the office where he's like telling something that he did during that day, and it's just the plot of a like pretty woman or something. <laughs> well, this is actually this actually happened to me in real life, Tyler. Yeah. Okay. And Michael, Michael Bay, Bay. <laughs> he came up and approached me, and he said, "Hi, it's me, world famous director Michael Bay, who's previously done Bad Boys, Armageddon, Transformers, and Pain and Gain." And I want to make a movie about your story, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul Mateen II, Isa Gonzalez, and um, I think we're gonna release it on April eighth, twenty twenty two. And we're gonna call it Ambulance. Ambulance. Great. So what happens? Well, you gotta watch the, the movie, movie to okay. find out. Well, here's what we get from the trailer. Uh, like you said, Yahya Abdul Mateen II. So you're Jake Gyllenhaal, I guess. That's I mean, kind of a bold casting choice, but okay. I mean, I can't play Yahya. He, they couldn't have... Did they swap the races No, I was saying them choosing Jake Gyllenhaal to play you. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they cast someone way you less handsome. You look so similar. Right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and the plot is following Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Somehow different races, but brothers. Well, maybe they're, they're like brothers because like they were both served in the military together. It looked like they had like baby photos together. Oh, I didn't notice that. But it could be they're just like close family friends. I don't know. They call each other brother. That's all we get from the trailer. We'll see I'm if they sort out the dynamic. If they or are like just brothers, I would with also be okay races. with them doing it and just not even acknowledging it. Like that's I'm kinda, cool. I don't I'm kind of cool with that. I I think it's awesome because I think they're both cool, like great actors, and I'm excited for both of them in this movie. But anyways, Yaya Abdul Mateen II is like struggling. He's got like overdue bills. He's got kids at home that he he's needs got like to take a new of. baby, new baby, and he's like, I'm in debt. I need like goes to his brothers like I need like three hundred thousand bucks or something to get us out of debt and like get us back on our feet. And Jake Jones Hall says, How about so much more than that. Join me on this heist for $32 million. There's not a lot on this planet that I wouldn't do for $32 million, Ryan. And obviously you did this heist, so you know. I know. Um, I got away with it, too, When you put this offer. And so we're like, okay, cool. I'm watching this trailer. I'm like, cool. Heist movie with Jake Hall. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Like, let me see it. But it gets even crazier because shit goes down during the heist. They end up injuring a cop. They're like, yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck? We can't do this. Like, this is going so awry. The plan goes haywire. It gets even crazier. They're trying to take care of the cop because they don't want him to die. They don't want to be killers. They they hurt him. They shot him. But they can still save his life. So what do they do? They fucking hijack an ambulance. Isa Gonzalez is the EMT driver that's still in the fucking car with them. We find out Yaya Abdul-Mateen II was a combat medic in the army. Oh my gosh. He's trying to save this cop. They're on the run from the other police officers that are chasing them because they know there's a cop on board. So they can't fucking, like, just take down the ambulance because then they don't want to kill their brother cop. Isa Gonzalez is still in the vehicle trying to help them take care of the cop. It's crazy. And this is all happening on the fast-paced highways and streets of downtown Los Angeles, where, of course, there's no traffic during the daytime well, because, no, because the ambulance the cops, is speeding through. The cops already blocked off all those streets. Why would the cops block off the streets for the ambulance to drive through? They that blocked, doesn't make sense. They wanted all the cars to get off the streets so they could set up people on the other side of the ambulance. I know, but if you haven't seen the trailer for this, you should know it's it's important that it takes place in L.A. because when the, the title card drops in the trailer, the L.A. in ambulance is like a different color. So mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that it's like not just ambulance, but it's also like L.A. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I do really love how they play uh, the Mamas and the Papas, California Dream, and during the good. trailer. It's like, I love a good like mellow like, like a needle soul drop, song right? uh, underneath like a high intensity action mm-hmm. sequence. It's like my bread and butter. Yes. I love that shit so much. And the action looks stellar in this movie. Like, 
your pulse is pumping even from watching the trailer like are they gonna get away is the cop gonna like survive i know some of you may have heard me say michael bay talking about this movie and been like okay yeah we know transformers hey like we didn't whatever. include the rock in that when we just talked about nick cage oh yeah he also <laughs> the rock michael bay has an interesting history of course like the transformers movies aren't all great he does stuff like Six Underground, which is just the fodder pushed to Netflix. I feel like people liked that movie, actually. I don't know. But this, I'm telling you, from this trailer, this feels different. It feels like Michael Bay might not even directed this. It feels more like a high-intensity, high-speed thriller than like anything else I've seen before. And I'm actually very, very excited to yeah. see this because it does feel... The vibe it gave me is more of like um, End of Watch, also with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena fantastic movie um that high intensity crime thriller and this feels like that but just the other side of the law exactly. two people that have an intense emotional bond going through a really high intense situation and trying to figure out how they can both get out on the other side alive yeah and i know we like we're making like jokes and like doing bits about this trailer but in all seriousness it does look like a really interesting movie and honestly every time i watch this trailer I get more excited for the movie and I don't know of many trailers that like have that staying power. No, I feel like most of the time uh, any other Michael Bay movie I would keep see the trailer this much and I'd be like, "Ugh, I'm over it." Like like how I've I seen the Morbius trailer. I just so many don't want to see this movie anymore because yeah. I've seen this trailer so goddamn much. But Ambulance, yeah, it genuinely gets better. Like the trailer looks more exciting every time I see it. Uh, and I honestly think the weakest part of the trailer is the stupid LA name in Ambulance. Like it, I kind of like it though. <laughs> really? Cuz it looks like like hokey to me when i see that it does but also i'm like here for it like i love something like it has like it really means that it's trying to be something beyond just like generic heist thriller that could take place in any location like mm. it's this and also embedded in like a specific context yeah. which i i love you know i want it to feel like it's real and rooted in a genuine situation not just like whatever fill in the blank international action journey that is like whatever nameless european country they could be anywhere you know exactly i wanted to have like a basis mm -hmm. and it like feels like a throwback to like the action movies of like the 90s almost like it does like speed or like, or, like whatever. die hard or something like that oh right? totally yeah and like people love those so like i feel like i could love this movie yeah i i do too i i uh and i also love jake gyllenhaal like in almost every performance i've seen him in so you know he might have that keychain that says "fuck the patriarchy," but I'm still watching his movies. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the real story behind all that is? If Jake Joan Hall is a true feminist, more power to him. Mm. Yeah, definitely more power to him if, than like the alternative. That he's a fake feminist. <laughs> I would like it much better if he was a real one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> here's here's hoping. Yeah, you know who else I would love even more if they were a real feminist. Who? Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, you're in luck because he's got a female sidekick in this new movie, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's Sonic and Tails time, well, baby. I think Tails, the character, is, is a male. Is it canonically a male? Yeah. Oh, but his it's name is Miles. By... Oh, that's true. Miles T. Prower or something like that. Miles. Miles Pr Prower, right? Prower. Miles yeah. Prower. And his name is just. Like... I know this because this is on the last episode, mummy. Okay, this is. First of all, this is one of the first sequels we're doing where we've also covered the original film on preview review before. I think it's only the second. And now we it's have the, the sequel. sequel to the sequels. It's the second sequel we've covered. Yes. And when we did the first Sonic trailer, we played Sonic trivia. And that was one of the like 
questions Ryan had was what's Tails real name and it was Miles Prower because it sounds like Miles Prower. Exactly. Um, but it's it's voiced by a woman, so yes. you know. Take well, a lot of like animated characters that are supposed to be like younger boys are voiced by yeah, female Nancy Cartwright has been exactly. doing Bart for years. And whoever like uh, what's her name who does Ms. Minutes on Loki, she also plays Timmy Turner. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she also plays Tommy Pickles, I think, too. Um, I can Tara Strong. Tara Strong. I got there. I got there. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're real feminists because we're recognizing female voice actors. It's true. Name every woman. Is Name, every, name a woman for a dollar. <laughs> Miles Prower. <laughs> nope. It's kind of right. I will accept Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who is, of course, the uh, voice actress lending lending her voice to Tails. Uh, and we're, we're pulling her over from the video game. She does all kinds of voice acting for video games and she's, other animated she's features. She's Tails in the video games. Yeah. Um, but she's joining Ben Schwartz, who... So, I don't know why they got a big-name comedian for Sonic and not for Tails, but they were like, we don't want the video game voice for Sonic, but we'll take it for Tails. I feel like it's because the like her, her voice is so tied to that character. It's tied character. to that character, and yeah, I don't even know if Sonic has like too much iconic... like Voice acting? Voice acting in the games. And also, they needed like a vehicle to promote the first film. But then with this one, they could just be like, oh, yeah, we'll just bring that actress for Tails because mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, they're not trying to hype up uh, some big name, like, Emma Stone as Tails or whatever, you know? And I actually think, like, they still deal. use Colleen, like, in the Tails post credit scene. So they're like, we got to keep continuity. Yeah, totally. But you know who they are bringing in big name to come and voice act for this sequel? Ooh. Idris fucking Elba is Ooh. joining the cast as Knuckles the Echidna. Um, and then, of course, James Marsden and Jim Carrey, the two Jimmies, um, are coming back in their live-action format as whoever his male... Like, Sonic's human sidekick is James Marsden. The Donut Lord. And then Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. An incredible performance from him in the first Sonic movie. I can't wait for more of him. Yeah, and it's the same director as the last yeah, Sonic Jeff movie. Yeah, Jeff Butler's coming back, and that was also his directorial debut. Really? So he's he's behind this franchise, um, and I really liked his vision for the first movie, so I say... Give me more, please. I'm excited mm-hmm. for the second one. Um, and this is dropping on April 8th. So Ooh, Same day as Ambulance. You're going to have to choose. We're getting uh, Northman and Unbearable Weight and Am- on the same day, and then Ambulance and Sonic on the same day. So Ooh. those are two pretty packed weekends. I think I'm going to have... Uh, double feature days. Double features, yeah, for, for real. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 looks great. I had an incredible time in the theater. It was so one fun. One of the last movies I saw before COVID shut down uh theaters and changed you know the world forever um but it was such a great time getting in the theater with everybody it was packed opening weekend and when that post credit scene hit that showed we were getting more jim carrey and also tails was coming in for a sequel people were hyped it was like avengers like endgame you and level i started of, like the cheer and the crowd went with it. they went with it it wasn't just us and everybody else was like you guys are psycho it was genuine enthusiasm mm-hmm. i have been excited for this i think ben schwartz like voice and uh personality that he lends to sonic is perfect and it's so funny because i'm like so hyped for this franchise even though i had like such trepidatious beginnings with like the terrible initial animation and we were like no we hate it why are you doing this to us don't make us a live action sonic movie and now i've seen it and i'm like it's amazing we love it give me more so i can't believe i'm as excited for this sequel as i am but i really really truly am um it looks like Robotnik, like I said, is back as the villain, except he's bringing on Knuckles the Echidna to be, like, another uh, nemesis for Sonic. Sonic's got Tails working with him alongside the other human characters from the first movie, James Marsden and his wife. And, Tika Sumter. And her sister Natasha Rothwell. Oh, you do. Good. Um, 
She was in White Lotus. She's fantastic. Oh. I love her as an actress. Tika Sumter is from Mixedish. Oh, yes, she is. Yes, she is. Um, so, honestly, the cast is great. Like I said, I love uh, the sort of style and tone of the first movie. Um, after they rendered and fixed the animation, I think it looks really cool. I love the blending of the, like, cartoonish video game animation and computer animation that they do for Sonic and Robotnik's henchmen and robot things and uh, mm-hmm. and the drums. real life stuff. It's, it's yeah. super cool. I yeah. honestly, I mean... I'm kind of lost as to, like, the plot. It's a whole, like, again, like, he's trying to take over the world with this powerful source, and we have to beat oh, him to it. well, he's got the Chaos Emerald. Yeah, that Which is, like, Emerald a thing, thing from the game. Okay, like I'm the... sure I would know more about it if I knew more about the game lore, but to be honest, I don't care. I'm just excited for the comedic <laughs> well, and adventure journey that honestly, like going on. I don't know if the movies care that much about the games either. They like to pay, like, service to it, but they're definitely doing It's like an thing. homage, but it's yeah. not like they're trying to be, like, faithful to whatever No, yeah, there's canon. no... Yeah, like... They just like to have little winks and things, and they obviously respect the source material, but they're doing their own thing and making it like a fun family movie, which yeah. is like all it needs to be. I think that's what you gotta do for like a fun video game adaptation. You can't get bogged down by like everything that the video game mm-hmm. has, especially something like Sonic, where it's not really like a linear story and there's so many like mm-hmm. different installations. Like, how do you pull from that? It's the same thing that the MCU has to do with the comic material, right? Yeah. Like, where you have this vast well, like source, and we can like pull little nods and references mm-hmm. and like but at a, the end of the day you have to kind of pick and choose and assemble something new out of like what you have at hand you and know like the original sonic games the story is run right and then jump on the robotnik machines yeah and then you save the day yeah like and i love what what this is doing which is making it more of like this buddy comedy where he has to like learn how to like sonic is learning how to live in the human world but then he also has to learn how to use his powers to like help protect humanity like I love that so much more than it just existing in, like, whatever Sonic world where he just has to, like, run and pick up rings or whatever. Yeah. And then jump on the, like, mechanical crabs. Yeah. Or else he'll lose all his rings and then he has to pick them up again. Totally. Like, I mean, they're fun games, don't get me wrong, but I don't know how cinematic they are. But, uh, you know, a fun arcade game does not a good movie make, so you have to bring more to it. Honestly, the first time they tried to, like, give Sonic a story in the video games, like is the Sonic the Hedgehog game from 2006 and everyone hates that game. It's like considered one of the worst video games oh, damn. of all time. Well, I think Sonic the Hedgehog is one of the best like video game movies of all time. It's such a fun movie. I yeah. would rewatch it so much and I genuinely can't wait for the sequel. I'm like so no, stoked for this one. I'm so excited. I love that they're bringing in Knuckles and I love that he's like keeping his antagonistic roots because Knuckles usually starts as a villain and then becomes his friend later on. Right. And I love that Tails is there and has the same voice actor. Uh, and I love that everyone's coming back. I especially love that Robotnik's little henchman is back. Oh, yeah. I that love was a great that character. man. But we, I, let's talk about Robotnik a little bit. Jim Carrey in uh, in this film as Dr. Robotnik is like, yes, is he doing more Jim Carrey comedy? Sure. But it fits so well. It's like the level of like having Jack Black being cast as Bowser mm. in the new Mario movie. Like you, you look at it and that. you're like, that's it. Like it just fits. Like you don't have to explain it or justify it. Like it works. And so I'm just so like, so stoked because we've actually seen the first Sonic movie. I know that it works with Jim Carrey mm-hmm. in this role, but that was like, he wasn't quite full Robotnik or he was Robotnik, but he wasn't full like Eggman mode mm-hmm. in the first movie. But now it like, like he's got the shaved head into that whole he's like, got the wacky mustache video game uh, image that we have of him, and it's like so good. And we also get the glimpse of this giant robot uh, that he's built and is piloting that's still 
carries and like has his face emblazoned yes. on it like and it's just so like, good honestly that and the fact that like there's also a scene where like sonic like picks up some debris and like snowboards down a hill using that debris both of those things feel very video gamey right but also feel like they work really well in this movie totally yeah i think the way that they've been meshed like this taking place in the real world world but still feeling like video game-esque like sequences and um not like fight choreography but like action sequences like still feel piece. like it makes sense in the universe it just works so well because there are times in video games video game movies where it's like they try to be rooted and real but then the video game stuff feels out of place and it just feels all mismatched and all over the place but sonic just strikes the tone so perfectly exactly it also feels like a movie that could have existed in the 90s just like ambulance it's the 90s comedy. Totally, like, except, like, all the com- computer animation and stuff like that is, like, so much better. Like it's, Exactly, but, like, breaks it, it feels like quality. it's a Jim Carrey comedy that could oh, have existed in the 90s. 100%. You know? 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah, I keep comparing Sonic to other video game movies because, if we're being completely honest, not a lot of other video game movies are that good. Uh, it's a very questionable territory to venture like, into the development of a, you know, video game uh, movie. Like, Uncharted is one of the better video game movies, and it's just fine. Yeah, there's, like... A long list of terrible ones, a shorter list of okay ones, and a and even a shorter list, minuscule of good list ones. of like actual good to great ones. Maybe it's just Sonic. I don't know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> like, Mortal Kombat from last year was also just kind of fine. I mean, it was a fun experience, yeah. but like, I have like nostalgia and a connection to the Resident Evil movies, but I'm not saying that they're like amazing. But, you know, your mileage may vary, and some people have deeper connections and think some are better than others, and uh, you might see Sonic and think it's just okay or not that good, and I would tell you that you're wrong, uh, but that's just, you know, your opinion. Um, But one of the places on the internet that I love to see people's opinions on film is the app called Letterboxd. Of course, Ryan and I use Letterboxd to catalog movies that we're watching, and sometimes I'll make, like, a fun little list. I just published my list of... Uh, this year's Oscar Best Picture nominees, ranking them in the order that I enjoyed them. That's fun. Uh, So if you want to check it out, you can check us out on Letterboxd. But I was thinking, Ryan, we could play a fun game utilizing community reviews on Letterboxd. You know, it's also a social media platform, so you can see what other people have reviewed and said about other movies. Um, As far back as time really goes, people catalog, back catalog films that they're watching. Um, And so I looked up some Letterboxd reviews from other video game adaptations that are, you know, it's a mixed bag. Like we said, it's not a, an overwhelmingly positive genre. And so what I thought would be fun is if I read you the letterbox review, maybe you can try and tell me your best guess as to what video game movie it is that they're referencing in their review. Okay, this sounds like it's a fun idea. I mean, I have seen a lot of video game adaptations and I know of even more than that I've seen. So I think I can do it. All right, let's go for it. If you need some help, I can let you know. Um, what year the movie they're reviewing came out in, and that might help you to narrow it down a little bit. Okay. All right. The first review. This comes from Twenty Four Frames of Nick, and oh, they I know said, that guy. I watch him on YouTube. <laughs> they said it's far more rewarding to watch a cutscene compilation of the actual video games on YouTube. Hmm. That could be almost any video game movie. Um. Okay. If I guess and get it wrong, can you give me the year? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I'm gonna guess it's uh. The the second Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie. Oh, possible, but no. Uh, if I give you the year, you're going to get this one. So let me just say, I completely agree. I haven't even seen this movie, but 
I know the games are way better. This movie came out this year in 2022. Oh, Uncharted. It is for sure Uncharted, and I wholeheartedly agree with this statement, like I said, even though I haven't seen the movie. All right. Uncharted, I'll give you... Well, let's go with half a point if I give you the year. Okay, okay. I mean, I did guess wrong, so that's fair. Oh, and I forgot to mention, that was a, a two-star review. Oh, that's, that's fair. I would give it like a two to three, somewhere in that range. All right, here's your next one. This comes from Ryan Daniel. This is a one and a half star review. They say, This movie has no idea if it wants to be a dark dystopian comedy or a fun, upbeat kids movie. This is a very bad, very messy movie that makes absolutely no sense and bears very little resemblance to the actual games. But it's also really entertaining. Um, It's the Super Mario Bros. movie. It 100% is yeah. Super Mario Bros. You got it. Now you have one and a half points. Just like how many stars wow. they gave Super Mario Bros. I don't know how I knew that, but I feel like I, I've i never seen the movie, but I can tell just from like the clips I've seen that they're like trying to put Mario in like Tim Burton's Batman, like yeah. Gotham, you know, and it just looks weird and it fits that review. All right, here is the next review. This is from someone named Corey, and it's a two and a half star review, but it also is liked. So on Letterboxd, you can rate reviews out of five stars, and you can also hit the heart if you like the movie or not. I guess there are bad movies that I like, but, I mean, I don't do that on Letterboxd, but some people might do that. Exactly. It's an interesting choice. Okay, okay. Who's this guy? What's his name again? Corey says this movie is industrial schlock, and I've always been a death laser hallway scene kind of guy. Death laser hallways. Okay. That's a very specific reference. It is. But and it's such a trope of movies. I feel like if you'd seen this movie, though, you would know exactly what it is. So maybe you haven't seen this one before. Maybe I haven't. Um, okay. I'm trying to think through all the video game movies. I can always give you the the year if you need an extra hint. Okay. Let me think for a minute first. Um, okay. I'm just thinking out loud. I know it's not like Detective Pikachu because I don't think there's like a death laser scene in that. It's not Sonic. It's not, um, I don't think it's like a Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, is it Tomb Raider? It's not Tomb Raider. The new one, Alicia Vikander's Tomb no. Raider. Okay, uh, what's the year? 2002. 2002? And bonus hint, I referenced it in our conversation earlier. Oh, is it one of those Resident Evil movies? It is Resident Evil. Oh, I haven't seen any of the Resident Evil movies. Oh, they're fun. Okay. They're fun. Yeah, like I said, I think if you'd seen it, you would know exactly what we're talking about. Okay. How many are there of those Resident Evils? Like, oh, gosh. Five or six, I think? They just had a new one last year, right? Yeah, and then that was like a soft reboot. And like I just think of like the Mil- Mila Javakovich ones as like, that's Resident okay. Evil core to me. Okay. I, I also movie. haven't played the game, so like that is just its own franchise to me. And the I think it's the third one where they're in Vegas is really cool. I love that one a lot. I'm really interested in playing the Resident Evil 2 remake that they came out a couple of years ago. It looks really cool, but I just have a huge backlog of video games that I haven't played yet. I just played Uncharted 1 for the first time a couple so of months good. ago. I really like the second one, too. I've, I've started it. I haven't gotten to finish it yet, though. All right. Well, thanks for your thoughts on Resident Evil, Corey. Sorry that Ryan had no idea what you were Sorry, referencing. I haven't seen it. It is a great, se- it's a great sequel. I mean, it sounds like something that could have been in the Tomb Raider movie. I don't know if they would really go for lasers. It'd be like razor wire or like spears or something. It's but a maybe little more it's like, like archaeological. Maybe it was right? like, in, yeah, it is. But like, maybe it was like one of the scenes like where she's like at before she goes oh, to training the, or like, like trying to steal like in a some, lab or something or like a jewel heist or something. Yeah. yeah there yeah. you go. Maybe. But no. All right. Here's like an extra view. Tomb Raider movie though. 
This is a one and a half star review from Russ Man. Russ he Man. says, I bought the Blu-ray of this for $7 Ooh, only okay. because it came with a free code for Hearthstone that normally would cost me $10 otherwise. The movie was not worth the negative $3 I spent. Oh, okay. So it's someone who likes Hearthstone, which I'm assuming is another video game. Um, Hearthstone sounds like Warcraft, like World of Warcraft adjacent. So I'm going to guess Warcraft. It is 100% Warcraft. You yes. did the exact like mental train of thought that I thought you would after this. I also thought it would help knowing that it's bad because it said it wasn't worth making $3 to yeah. have this movie. I mean, I've never seen Warcraft. Um, but I know that it has a big fan We base. had a roommate in college that loved this fucking yeah. movie. But also we didn't really care for that roommate. So I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't know if he listens to this pod. I'm sorry, David, if you do. You're outing him? You, we're supposed to keep the name anonymous? I'll believe it. Perfect. You better. I'm, I'm not going to listen back. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here's the next review. This is from Lauren, and it's a three-star review. Okay. She says... How does Walton Goggins sleep at night, knowing his typecast is ugly villain? Walton Goggins is in a comic or in a video game movie. Oh wait, he's in Tomb Raider. The it is Tomb Candle. Raider. Yes, I got there. 2018's <laughs> Tomb Raider, which like the other uh, review I contemplated giving you for this, uh, I just thought it wouldn't have enough hints for you to guess it accurately. Is Give me the damn sequel already, because I fucking agree. I want another Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider movie. It was so fun. I don't know if they're making... Are they making one? Do we know? I thought they got a green light, but maybe not. I haven't heard anything for a while. Sad. It was actually very enjoyable. Way better than the Angelina Jolie ones, for I sure. I haven't seen the Angelina Jolie ones, but I like the Alicia Vikander one. Alright, so you're doing pretty well. Let's see. You've got a point for Tomb Raider. you got a point for Warcraft. Nothing for Resident Evil. Ha- Wait, uh, I got a half point, right? You didn't get it. Oh, I guess I give you an extra hit. Okay, I'll give you a qu- give me a quarter point. Uh, okay, two and a quarter plus a point for Mario Bros. Three and a quarter, and then a half point for Uncharted. So three point seven three quarters. Yeah, yeah. three point seven five on here. Let's go. And you're going into the last review. So you've okay. broken. You're over fifty percent. If you hit four point seven five out of six, what is that like? It's a, pretty damn a, good. A C plus, B minus. Pretty damn good. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Here, I almost just read the title of the movie. <laughs> Here's the review uh, from Micah Bytel. They say, This and Godzilla vs. Kong are going to be in competition for best dumb fun movie of 2021. I can't wait for that debate. Hmm. So, obviously, you have the year off the bat with this one. It was yeah. On the... Okay. So, 2021. What comic movies came out last year? Um... Is it the new Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City? Wait, no, wait. Last year? Let me think. That was last year. Um, I feel like people... Oh, wait, no. Uh, I'm going to say Mortal Kombat. Final answer. It 100% is Mortal Kombat. Well done, That Ryan. seems more like more 4. dumb fun. 4.75 points. Straight into the bank for you. Okay. Godzilla vs. Kong is much better than Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat does have more dumb fun. I think, well, I think this review is, seems like it was written before, like, because I think Mortal Kombat came out before Godzilla vs. Kong. So maybe they just expected Godzilla vs. Kong to be, like, worse than it is. Maybe. Wait, did Mortal Kombat, I thought Mortal Kombat came out after Godzilla vs. Kong. Godzilla vs. Kong was a summer, right? No, it was supposed to be, but it got pushed forward to March. But this, uh, Mortal Kombat came out in February. I thought Mortal Kombat came out in April. 
It says they watched this in February of 2021. I have the review right here. Well, maybe they got an early screening. April, yeah. God, just looking at how long this plot synopsis is, I'm oh, like, that's so right. uninterested in this. You didn't watch the movie with us. Nope. I went with uh, some of our friends and you were busy that day. I was. Were you actually busy? Or were you just, I don't want to see Mortal Kombat busy? Honestly, fuck, I don't know. Could have been either <laughs> one. It was a fun time, but it is definitely not worth your time if you're not with like a group of friends who you can like enjoy the movie with. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw another review that I thought about, but I couldn't like figure out how to use it because it was emojis it was like the emoji me movie? during the rest like me during the final fight scene that was for like excited happy face emojis and like me during the rest of the movie and it was just like four boring face emojis which i feel like yeah you're in it for like the big climactic fight scenes and not like any of the exposition or plot mm-hmm. you know yeah definitely well um that was a very fun game tyler uh thanks, thanks for, for playing thanks for you putting it together. did very well I mean, I had some hints and some help, so that's that's also that's right. great. You have great knowledge of video games, movies, and release dates for those things. So I feel like with the resources you had, you performed very well. Thank and you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I always love it when I perform well. And I'm proud to be your friend. I'm proud. And your podcast co-host. Ooh, thank you. I'm proud as well for all of the things. Thanks. Thank you and good night. Well, before we say goodnight, Ryan, we do have to close out the podcast as we normally do. I do have to ask you the typical questions and we both need to answer which of the movies that we talked about today are you most excited to see and which trailer we discussed today is your favorite trailer. So most excited about the movie to see the actual movie and which trailer do you think was the best? Hmm. I think the movie I'm most excited to see is actually The Northman. I'm really excited to see what Robert Eggers is going to bring to this film. I love the cast, and I think it looks brilliant. But I think my favorite trailer is actually Ambulance. Like like we said earlier, the more I see this trailer, the more I actually like want to see the movie. And I think that's exactly what a trailer should do. Uh, what do you think, Tyler? I agree. I think my favorite... Are, yeah, the film I'm most excited to see is The Northman. And I think I'm also going to give my best trailer to Ambulance. Oh, so we're in the same think, boat. Yeah, here. I think it's a full time. The same little boat with uh, Alex Skarsgård, right? That yeah, one. his little rowboat. Exactly. Um, so I guess that means it's a tie. It is a tie. How do we how do we resolve this tie? Does the award go to Robert Eggers or Michael Bay? Um. Well, I think we have to. What do we usually do? We flip a coin or some shit. I don't know. Or I think last time we had a tie, we just were like, "You both win." So okay, congratulations, you both win, Robert Yay! and Michael uh excited to see really like we said all the movies today that we talked about super stoked can't wait special shout out to song of the hedgehog 2 for being like so the movie i'm most surprised that i'm excited about i guess it's like a special award uh i would not have expected when the first song that came out that i would be on the other side of it loving that movie so much and so excited for the sequel but here i am uh yeah if you want even more content from Preview Review, you can also follow us on Twitter yeah, follow and Instagram. Us on Twitter and Instagram. At Preview Review. Yes. As or, a podcast, you'll get alerted. We post when new episodes are out, so you'll be the first to know and head straight to your podcast app to be able to listen to the latest episode. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope yeah. you enjoyed it. It was fun. We made it through our award season with our previewies episode. We're back in the saddle with a regular episode this time. And uh, we've got a very exciting slate of future releases to cover in the coming weeks um on upcoming episodes so we're excited to jump into those with y'all yeah definitely uh bye thanks for listening bye